Well, hello, hello, everybody. This is S. Anthony Thomas, and this is the S. Anthony Says podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says. How are you doing? Is everything okay? Now, just to let you know, this episode is going to be posted a little bit later than I normally would have uh, posted it. Normally, actually, it's uh, 8.40 on the East Coast, which is where I am right now. And uh, normally, I would have already done everything. I would have already recorded it and edited this deal and been ready to upload it. But I've been running a little bit late, mainly because I'm dealing with people who are kind of stupid. <laughs> it was a lot of people that uh, were supposed to do things and did not do those things. And then I had to go and do those things because they didn't do those things because that's the kind of guy I am. The kind of guy that helps people do things. Well, folks, now it's time for me to hang out with the coolest audience of all time, and that would be you bastards. Are you ready for episode number 174? Of course you are. I'm ready for it, too. So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start that theme song now. Go! Hey, guys. Uh... You know what's weird? I was I just one day I was uh, I was going out and this is this is oh, it probably happened to you, too. And you don't realize until it's thrown into your face just how much electronic equipment you're actually walking around with on a daily basis. Now, everybody knows you have your smartphone, mainly because most people have smartphones glued to the side of their face. But I started realizing how much crap I was actually carrying around one day because I, I laid out all the stuff. Normally, I just have everything laid out on my desk. So when I get up, I you know I wake up, you do your shower, blah, blah, blah. You get dressed and you walk over and you just pick up everything from where you put it the night before and then you, you go about your business. It's just kind of a routine. But one time I actually just was came home really late. I was really tired. and I just kind of threw everything in, in, a, in a plastic container. And then I started and then it was kind of. I started putting things back in my pockets as I was about to leave. And I realized what I was walking around with. You got your phone. I got my GPS. I have a digital recorder. I have lapel microphones. I have this, that, the other. And I'm like, what the hell? What am I, the bionic man? <laughs> and I remember, when I, I, remember I, pod, I did a segment about my GPS, how much I love my GPS, how I thought it was really stupid to have a GPS because if you don't know where you can, what do you don't know how to read a map? And then I got my GPS, and I, I, I love that freaking thing. I kiss my GPS. Yeah, I do. I love it. I'm not going to say what else I do with my GPS because it's none of your business. Don't judge me. But then I realized after seeing someone that I know get sued and be, the, be subject to insurance fraud, someone plowed into the side of their car, someone who was in the wrong, sued them and won. And I started doing a little research on insurance fraud. And I, and I kept coming across these videos. And it were videos from, from Europe and, and other places. And it was always blatant insurance fraud. Like I saw a guy driving down the street. A guy literally jumps from the curb runs towards the car, stops the car, then gently lays on the car, then screams as if he's been hit, and then falls on the ground. Oh, my spine, my back. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with the guy. The guy didn't even get hit, right? It was so blatant. It was so blatant, it looked like a really, really bad episode of Benny Hill. It looked like a bad reality show. It looked like one of those really, really lame um you know, sketch comedy by people who shouldn't be doing sketch comedy. It was really bad. But then it was, but then I realized it was an actual person who was that blatant with the insurance fraud. And I thought, you know what? I think it's time to add to my electronics. So I went out and I got a dash cam. So now that's part of the electronics I actually wound up walking around with. I'm walking around. I got a digital recorder. I got a GPS. I got, now I got the dash cam. I got my phone. I got, and it's ridiculous, but it's necessary because that's one of my nightmares is to have some schmuck do some kind of dumb, blatant crap. And then I wind up getting in trouble for it, you know. But then I realize there's a downside to having a dash cam because the dash cam has to be on all the time. It has to be recording all the time. It never stops. And it's there so long and so often you forget it's there. 
I used to laugh at a reality show people when they would say, you know, I forgot the camera was there and that's why I wound up taking out my breasts and doing doing jumping jacks and saying, look at me, look at me. <laughs> and now maybe that person was lying, but you do really forget that there's a camera there. And it's recording video and audio. Yeah, I said it. Video and audio. Uh-oh. Because every time you see somebody, when you think in terms of road rage, you always think about the, the lady or the guy who rolls their window down and they put the middle finger up and the profanity and they drive too close and they scream and they jump out and they yell at people and they curse and all of that. But everybody, I got to tell you, if you have a dash cam, if you have a day when a bunch of people cut you off and know what you need to do, you need to lock one of those you know, you press a button that locks a specific site. Like, say for the sake of argument, you have an accident. You hit the button and it locks that piece of the video. It probably the minute before and the minute after the accident will be locked into your, your to your dash cam. But if you ever get cut off, you should hit that button anyway, just to see what you said to the person that cuts you off. Now, if you're like me, I'm not the kind of person that rolls down the window and yells at people. I don't do that. But as it turns out, I am vicious under my breath at people more vicious than i thought i was capable of because normally i'm a fun loving guy normally i don't want anything bad to happen to people but when you cut me off in traffic i don't curse but the stuff i see under my breath makes me think that is, is there someone else in the car is, did the, is, is the devil real? Did the devil materialize in the passenger seat and start saying all sorts of evil crap that I'm not capable of saying because that's what it sounded like? Person cuts me off in traffic, comes within an inch or so of hitting me in the mighty Toyota Camry. And I'm looking at the guy and I just I could feel my te- I could feel the tension. But I don't remember saying anything. I just remember thinking, what an asshole. And I remember thinking that. And I really didn't think I said anything. I didn't think I said anything. But then I had the videotape and I listened to it. And oh, yeah, I said some things. Guy cuts me off and I'm under my breath. I hope when you go home, your wife opens up the door. She's wearing six inch heels and she sides kick you in the throat piece of garbage i hope you go home and find out that all six of your kids are really your brother's kids because your wife's been banging your brother the whole time i can't wish bad enough stuff on you you came within an inch of hitting the mighty toyota camry and i hope your car blows up you piece of shit okay i didn't say all of that but i did say what a you effing moron man I, I wish a pothole would just open up and swallow your damn car up, you piece of crap. I actually said that under my breath in the dash camp. I didn't realize I was capable of saying something that mean. There's been situations where I had a person right in front of me. And had I had the opportunity to say something vicious and mean, had I said something vicious and mean to the person and people actually heard me saying stuff that was vicious and mean to the person, people would have not said anything. They would have just said that guy deserved what you just said. But I never would have said it. But apparently, under my breath, if you do something really bad to me, I say all sorts of vicious stuff about you, all sorts of bad stuff, stuff that consciously I wouldn't want to actually for the guy's car to fall into a sinkhole no i wouldn't but under my breath i want that car to blow up i hope you i hope i hope a freaking helicopter comes up drops a hook into the back of your car drags you up flies over the ocean and drops you in the middle of shark infested waters yeah that's right after covering you in a1 sauce so you'll be more appetizing for the sharks yeah i said it but i i actually said something like that what the hell is that that's not me damn it but it's me when i'm under my breath and in the car See, I take my dash cam with me when I go with, with friends because my other friends, when I travel to other places, maybe I'm going to hang out with a friend and I know the dude's really bad at directions. It doesn't really matter. I take my GPS with me. I take my dash cam with me and I put the GPS up. Yay. And I put the dash cam, dash cam up. And I thought, yay. But as it turns out, it wasn't yay. It was ooh, ooh. Now, the funny thing about it is at this point, I'd already realized how evil under breath S is and how nice over breath S is and with breath S is. But under breath S is evil. 
So I made it a point to keep under breath S under wraps. And I have been able to keep under breath S under wraps. He doesn't come out and say awful stuff. I got him under control. I put him in jail and I locked his punk ass in solitary confinement and he will not come out unless you really piss me off. But unfortunately, under breath, my friend, oh, he was out to play. I didn't even hear him, but he was out to play. And my friend did not say under breath stuff about people cutting him off. He's such an even tempered guy. He doesn't even care about that kind of stuff. And I thought I didn't care about that stuff. But under breath cares about that stuff. But as it turns out, under breath, my friend is even worse than under breath s. Why? Because under breath, my friend is a sexist piece of crap this guy is one of those guys that if you you were disrespectful to a woman he'll come across the restaurant to check you he would never say anything disrespectful he would never be mean to anybody he never says sexist stuff even if he knows you're not a sexist but you say something that may be even perceived as sexist he will check you he goes i know you didn't mean it that way but that might come off wrong you gotta be careful he's that guy but he's not Underbreath, my friend. Underbreath, friend is different than overbreath, friend. Underbreath, friend got caught on dash camera, and underbreath, friend is a sexist piece of shit. Underbreath, friend, we're driving down the street. He sees a 19-year-old girl, beautiful, thin, you know, model, thin 19-year-old girl. She always got the hair perfect. She's got the sunglasses on. She is not age appropriate for him because he's older than me, and she ain't even age appropriate for me. So I didn't even pay attention to her. But underbreath, friend, paid attention to her. Underbreath, friend, said some things. He didn't. I didn't hear him say it. He might not even heard himself say it. I didn't hear me say the evil stuff. But when I played the video back under breath friend said some really bad stuff under breath friend saw the beautiful young lady with a fantastic perfect 19 year old body well kept put together perfect outfit and under breath friend said and i quote man oh man i'd like to slice that sandwich real good what he said that yeah he said those were his actual words i'd like to slice that sandwich real good and i'm thinking that's okay well every i mean yes i know he's a defender of women's rights he's that guy and you know even a guy at that like that he's allowed to slip up every once in a while sometimes you say things you don't mean sometimes you'll you'll flip out and you'll say a curse word and you're not a cursing guy sometimes you'll get mad and get into a fight if even if you're not a fighting guy okay not a problem we'll give him that one and oh god he's gonna do it again and he sees a beautiful woman and i saw this beautiful woman and i thought wow that is a beautiful woman with a delicious body what a wonderful young lady i would love to have a wife like that that was my actual thought and that's what i actually said and i got video proof of it but that's not what my friend said under his breath oh no my friend saw this woman's buttocks jiggling like all women's buttocks jiggle instead of just one looking at the wonderfulness of her buttocks jiggling he said and i quote i just want to i just want to get in a segue put my knees in where the feet are just bury my face in that chick's ass and just follow her around all day i hope she farts on me and he actually said that crap he said he wanted to get a segue get on his knees in a segue bury his face in this woman's buttocks and hope she farts on him the sick disgusting bastard and he actually said that crap under his breath what the hell and i'm thinking you know okay two times in an hour not a problem no big deal he said it under his breath and sometimes you say things under your breath you're not conscious of it i can't judge him because i wanted a guy to be dropped and covered in a1 sauce and dropped in the ocean in front of sharks because i wanted the a1 sauce to make it more appetizing for the sharks i said that didn't really mean it but i said it would never want it to happen but i said it so i'm not the kind of person that should be opening my mouth and judging my friend for saying that under his breath and i there's no way in the world he can say anything worse nine minutes later on the videotape another woman is walking by and this woman is another lovely young lady this one is more age appropriate she's about 30 years old and she's wearing a tank top and he sees her and he she's waving for the bus and he sees her and he says look at that armpit 
I know one thing I would like nothing better than to turn that lady's armpit into the world's best avocado dip bowl. He actually said that crap under his breath and I heard it and three strikes you're out you sick bastard. And I called him up and he goes, hey, what's going on, man? I said, you know what? Do you realize the crap you say under his breath? And he said to me, huh, I ain't saying anything under my breath. And I said, remember when I played you the video of me saying stuff under my breath? He goes, yeah, that was pretty weird. You're a weird dude. I mean, you're a good dude, but you're weird. I can't believe you said all that hateful stuff under your breath. And I said, oh, really? Would you believe you said stuff even worse under your breath? And he said to me, there's no way. And I said, why don't you come over? And he came over and I played it for him. And he wouldn't believe it was him. You did that. You, you, you trying to be funny. You had it. I said, really? I did an impression of your voice. Nice try, chump. You're just as bad as me. Now, why did I tell you all of that? I tell you all of that because I want to stop dash cam hate speech. Damn it. I want dash cam hate speech to stop. If you actually took your dad, go, if you have a dash cam that records audio, just let it play. Let it record audio for about a month. Okay. And then one week, like after the month, I want you to take the video out and then randomly stop in the middle of the video and listen to the stuff you say under your breath. I'm guaranteeing you, you say things under your breath or in conversation that you don't even, you can't even believe what you said. You can't believe the stuff you said, you sick bastards. I bet some of you talked about late making a woman's armpit in an avocado bowl dish, you sick bastards. And I'm sure some of you also wanted to put some marinara sauce and throw some guy who cut you off in traffic into a lion cage. Don't say you don't, because I know you did. Don't lie to me, damn it. I'm telling you right now, dash cam hate speech needs to stop. Everybody does it. I've done it. You do it. And it needs to stop now. Are you with me, people? Are you with me? Are you with me in stopping dash cam hate speech? I'm starting to think it's not even us. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if you if you really sit and think, you don't if, do you really not hear what you say under your breath? Maybe you don't actually say these hateful, disgusting things under your breath like that. Maybe it's not your fault. Maybe it's not my fault. Maybe it's not my disgusting armpit avocado bowl loving friends fault. Maybe it's the dash cam. You ever think of that? Maybe it's the dash cams that bring out the worst in us. Because I remember watching those videos of the people doing the dash cam, doing the, the insurance fraud. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, maybe those people aren't all bad. Maybe those people are only doing that because of the evil influence of the dash cam. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe the dash, the part of the dash cam that faces in is only semi-evil. It's only evil enough to make us say hateful things. But if you really think about it, the most powerful part of the dash cam is the part on the other side that faces out. Maybe that dash cam is going, you know you want to commit some insurance fraud, don't you? See, if you were in the car, I would just make you say hateful stuff or disgusting sexist stuff. But no, I'm the most powerful part of the evil demonic dash cam. You, you're going to commit some insurance fraud. You, you're going to cut somebody off in traffic. You, you're going to do all the bad stuff because I have the power to do it. If I can make a sweetheart of a guy like S. Anthony Thomas wish that somebody gets covered in A1 sauce and dropped into the ocean because the A1 sauce would make the people more appetizing for the sharks. And if I could make a sweetheart of a guy who actually loves women and respects women wish he could get in the Segway, bury his face in some woman's buttocks and hope she farts on him. If I can make them say that, then what do you think me, the most powerful part, the part facing out into the world, what do you think I can make you do? <laughs> Folks, I'm not going to give up my dash cam because I don't want to be caught, you know, out there with some lying bastard trying to pretend like I hit his car or some crap like that. I'm not going to give up my dash cam. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to fight back against the evil power of the damn dash cam. Damn it. 
when I'm driving down a road and someone cuts me off in traffic, I'm going to say, you know what? I don't want you covered in A1 sauce and dropped into a shark-infested ocean because the A1 sauce would make you more appetizing to the sharks. I don't want that to happen. I just want... Whatever made you drive erratically, whatever kind of horrible thing that's happened to you in your home, whatever kind of thing makes you act like a complete piece of crap, I hope it resolves itself, and I hope your day is fantastic. And I already talked to my friend, and he's now going to see a woman's delicious jiggling buttocks, and instead of wishing that he could get on a Segway, bury his face in her buttocks and hope she farts, he's going to think, that outfit is very flattering, and whatever gentleman you're in a relationship or lady you're in a relationship with is Probably very, very happy because of your wonderfulness and your wonderful beauty. Yeah, that's right. And people who want to do insurance fraud, don't let that dash cam make you do it. When that dash cam tells you to jump in front of a car and pretend that you got hit, I want you to stop in front of that car. And before you decide to lay on the street and act like you get hit, I want you to point to that dash cam and say, not this time, you bastard. This time, I'm going to actually get a job and earn my money. Yeah, that's right. So all of us as a collective, let's end dash cam hate speech. Let's end the demonic and evil power of the dash cam. <laughs> I'm not weird. I'm not weird at all. <laughs> but it is true, though. You really have no idea the kind of weird crap you say when someone's always when something is always recording, always recording. And I did say some really, really hateful stuff about people under my breath uh, <laughs> when they cut me off. Um, not the things that I said in this podcast segment, because I couldn't remember exactly what I said, but it was about that. It was about that angry. And uh, but by the way, if you're wondering, did my friend actually say he wanted to bury his face in a woman's ass and follow her around like that and have her fart on him? He actually said that. So that guy's sick. But I just want to say this, my friends. Remember, if you got a dash cam, like I said, listen to what you're actually saying under your breath. Listen to the conversation. Listen to how weird things you actually say when you're alone in the car when that dash cam is there. And you'll realize what a sick bastard you actually are. Yeah, I said it. You know what I mean? So let's beat the dash cam. Let's be good all the time. Ha <laughs> ha. If you listen to my dash cam now, only thing you hear is the radio playing because I ain't saying crap. Okay, I mean, there's a bit of a conceit. I usually um, I have like a list of hateful things that I normally would say. And then whenever somebody, you know, cuts me off, I kind of point to one of them. There's a number six when we car blows up. I don't actually say it, but I actually point. I have a list of them that's in the passenger seat and I put my finger on it. So I guess that's pretty much just as bad because I'm still having a hateful thought about the person that cuts me off. And just because I didn't say anything and then I point to the corresponding hateful thing that makes me feel the kind of thing I would actually say to them. OK, that's pretty much just as bad as saying the evil thing, isn't it? That kind of makes me a mini, a mini hypocrite here. Yeah, well, screw you, people. <laughs> Segment over. You know what, guys? Yard work absolutely sucks and i know this because i just did a, 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 some yard work for one of my relatives they were supposed to have somebody was supposed to come over and do the yard work and they weren't they hadn't done yard work in a while they weren't even around the house the house was kind of empty for a long period of time they were doing some stuff and then they came back and the person who was supposed to take care of their lawn didn't take care of their lawn and they were it were, came close to getting a fine now and I go, yeah, I'll do it. So I go out there and I do the yard work. And it sucks. Yard work absolutely blows. It's horrible. And I'm telling you right now, if you got somebody doing yard work for you and they offer you, they offer to do it for a low price, even if you, even if you accept it, give them a little extra money because yard work sucks. And if you don't think yard work sucks, it's because you haven't done any yard work. Yard work sucks. But when I think about yard work, I, I, I always keep that word in mind. Yard work, and I say that to remind myself to stop being complacent. You know, every time I find, I'm working for something and I get really good at it and then I start to laze off a little bit, I, I just think, yard work, I say that word in my mind because I realize you have to constantly be doing stuff with your yard or your yard turns into complete garbage. There was a friend of mine. Um, 
we, we're still buddies, but we I haven't seen him in a while. We were Facebook friends, or you know, and we be checking every once in a while. He doesn't do comedy anymore. He's married with children, and he's a salesman someplace. But there was a time when he was a really successful comedian. Now, he wouldn't be household name successful if I told you what his name was. You would have no idea who the hell he was. But in the business, at the time, he was climbing. And this guy had the kind of work ethic that I liked because it was very similar to mine. He actually worked harder than almost everybody that I knew. He was everywhere at once. Every time I went to a club, I got there three minutes later, his ass was there. He did this. He was always at showcase this. He was at places that I didn't even know about. He just was a, a networker at, at the level that I couldn't even understand or contemplate. And he busted his behind. And he was a good performer, too. And he just kept working and working. And he never slept. He just kept working and working and working. And then one day, it all paid off. He got a development deal with a major something or other and they gave him a big check of he got seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars before taxes and which means he had like about four hundred thousand dollars in the bank now you would think if you busted your behind and worked your brains off and killed yourself to get to this point the first thing you would do at this point when you're finally in and they finally got you in and you got the ear of the network or the movies and this and that and they all think you're the hottest thing in the world you would figure at now even though you work harder than anybody else this is the time where you dig it deep you'd find that extra gear you find that button that nobody knows you have and you hit the button and you work even harder and you work even smarter and you take advantage of the opportunities that you busted your butt to get but no that's not what he did oh no he thought, well, you know, I got $400,000 in the bank. Huh. I ain't got to do nothing. I mean, I'm already here. Everybody already likes me. I got all these gigs and everybody loves me and thinks I'm the greatest and the most wonderful and the coolest and the greatest and everything's great. And he stopped going to the clubs and working on his act. He stopped writing new material. Oh, he thought he had enough. I got an hour and a half. This hour and a half got me to this point. What's the use of writing another hour and a half? Oh, bad idea. Oh, no, bad idea. Stop going to acting classes. Why go to acting classes? I'm already, I got a network deal. I'm about to have a sitcom. They're going to shoot a pilot. I'm the man. I'm the best. I'm the king. Oh, that was not a good idea because it didn't work out. The pilot suckers. He suckers. He didn't go to acting classes. Didn't study his script. And everybody else in the, in the cast wanted to drop kick his punk ass because he kept messing up his lines. Not because he was nervous. Not because he was a novice. But because he didn't study. And because the show was supposed to be built around him. Why should he work so hard? It's it's based on his act. They're the ones that need to work hard. It's based on my act. I oh didn't go anywhere. Oh, no. And eventually it caught up to his ass. And like I said, now he's doing sales somewhere. Not doing comedy at all. Nobody wanted to work with his punk ass. Sorry about calling you a punk ass. You know, I use that phrase regularly. I know you're listening and you gave me permission to tell the story. And yes, I will not use your name, my brother. But you were a jackass back then. You're a great guy now, but back then you were a bit of a douche. But you know this because I said to you, dude, in the position you're in, go work like you used to work. Go to the clubs. Do a, I'm all right. You were a douchebag. You were a douchebag back then, but we already had that conversation. Douchebag. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't judge him too harshly because I was just as bad in a different way. You know, as a child, I always had the weight problems. I was so shy, little fat kid, you know, but, you know, people always made fun of me. And in school, they whipped my ass because they thought you know, I was the smallest guy there. Well, you know, and I didn't fit in and that, you know, and, uh, you know. And then when I got a little older, I started working out. I moved to Hollywood. I'm hitting the gym every day. I'm eating veggie this, veggie that. I'm drinking diet water and diet ice cubes and drinking dub, double diet tofu and working out and protein shakes, this, that, and the other, and working out and lifting and running and lifting, stretching and lifting. Did I mention lifting and stretching and running? And I was in the kind of shape that I literally don't think it would have been physically, humanly possible for me to be more fit than I was at that point of my life and it was awesome i was the same kid that girls would not even pay attention to me now the ones that were around me are long enough to, to find out the kind of person i was the ones that were around me and realized what my personality was the ones that were around me that got to know me loved me but you had to get past the 
nerdy persona and the fat body and uh, the, the, the little shell I was in. But now, mm-mm, now I got my shirt off. And now I got the six pack and the sliced up abs and the arms and the chest, the chest and the shoulder, the legs, the this, the that, and the sliced up and in the mirror and the do the look at this, look at these biceps, triceps, and this, that. look at the trap, look at the, look at the this, that, and all I looked like that. Walking down the street and former fat boy is walking down the street and you see a car full of really hot women in a convertible talking about stuff they want to do to you and you want to hear it. You Instead of smiling and going away, you're wishing you had a video camera so you could videotape a car of women saying all sorts of disgusting things they wanted to do to with and on you and all the stuff they'd be talking about your butt and your legs and driving around a corner because, quote, I want to take a look at that sweet chocolate again. Yeah, that's right. They said it. And you get full of yourself. You're already in shape. Why work out? I already have a six pack. I'm already in shape. I already look great. Why work out? All right, I'll do a maintenance workout. I'll work out three times a week for 45 minutes. You know what? That's not a big deal. I'm already in shape. Two times is enough. Hey, one time is enough. Hey, I can't see my six pack anymore. Hey. Yard work. It's like the guy with the comedy yard work. And why do I say yard work? Because yard work, you got to keep on top of your yard. You got to stay on top of that crap. I had a friend of mine who goes out there, does gets the yard, goes out there just like I did with doing my helping the relative with the yard work out there cutting and flipping and chopping and mulching and this and that and chopping and slicing and chopping. And did I mention it? Chopping and slicing and digging and chopping and this and then mold mulching and chopping and slicing and bagging and moving and planting and this and the yard looked fantastic. It's perfect. Kind of lawn you'd want to have on the cover of a magazine called damn this lawn rules. In fact, that's a good name for a possible magazine damn this lawn rules and if any of you out there go out and make a magazine called damn this lawn rules i want to cut your bastards uh, back to the story so it rains a couple of times and all of a sudden the guy hey, i'll go out tomorrow i'll go out next week i'll go out next week i'll go out next week uh whose yard is that because now it should be on the cover of a magazine called damn this lawn sucks and if anyone out there, any of you out there make a, a, a magazine called Damn This Lawn Sucks, I want to cut your bastards uh, back to the story. So the lawn sucked. It rained and he didn't go out there. And now all of a sudden that perfect lawn looks like crap. He's got plants that he spent a whole lot of money on that are getting beaten up by the weeds. In fact, you know, it's like that. The plants that he spent all that money on and he put down in the special soil and the double, triple special soil, the incredible soil. All of a sudden the weeds show up like the tough guy in school who doesn't want to learn anything and he doesn't want anyone else to learn anything. You all know that bully in school. You had the nerve to be smart and he whipped your ass every time you raised your hand because you were smart and he was a jackass you know what i'm talking about well that's what a weed is like to an expensive plant it just comes over and pops you in the petals oh you look pretty cute mr flower oh look at you all oh, that bee how come a bee don't never land on me and pollinate nothing am i not not good enough for the bees f the bees and f you i'm choking your roots how about that let's see how much that bee wants to grow on you when you when your damn petals are sagging in fact i'm a i'm a grow 10 times faster than you and i'm a block out the sun so not only you're not going to be getting any nourishment from the soil or water from the soil you're not even going to get water from the air and you ain't getting any sun either because i'm jealous of you you bastard and that's what happened in his lawn and weeds started to kick the shit out of the grass too they actually took the grass into a back room beat the grass's ass grabbed the grass by the feet shook them and took the grass's lunch money yeah that's right and the hedges I'm telling you right now the hedges use some ethnic slurs cause hedges are racist I know it's true and so do you and his lawn was horrible why was his backyard so bad? Because he didn't get his punk ass out there to take care of it. <laughs> and it only takes a few weeks for your lawn to go from damn that lawn rules to oh man that lawn sucks. Yard work. Didn't do the yard work. And I always think about that. I always think about that whenever I get complacent about something, you know. 
I mean, it was a time when I started doing this podcast early on. This is episode 174. But within the first 30 or 40 episodes, when I started to figure out what I wanted to say on this podcast, and I started realizing this is something I'm going to keep doing forever, um, I started to get pretty good at it, in my estimation. And, and there were times I recorded episodes, and they were okay, you know, but I knew that they weren't right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I knew that they weren't what I wanted to say, but they filled the time. They were the length that I wanted to do at whatever that time was. And I was just about to upload one episode and my brain just went yard work. Because I got complacent that one time. I almost put up an episode that I wasn't happy with because, hey, it's a lot of time. It fills it. That was me talking. They'll listen to it because I'm talking. No. No, they won't listen to you just because you're talking. At the very minimum, you should be engaged in what you're saying. You, even if it's if, I, if you're not pumping jokes into the into the podcast, even if you're just telling a story, trying to make a point, even if you're just trying to tell something that you thought was funny, even if you're saying something that you just think is interesting that you think they would like, you still have to do yard work. So I immediately erased that episode, and right after that. I recorded an entirely different episode, but this time I was involved. I felt it. I could feel it. It was, it was good. And I put it up and a whole bunch of people liked it and actually talked about it specifically. Hey, this one's really good. I like your podcast anyway, but this one's really good. And that's when I realized yard work, you got to get out there every day and take a quick look at your yard and you got to run that lawn over it and you got to clip those hedges and you got to pull the weeds from around those expensive plants you put out there and you got to do this and you got to do that and you gotta make sure everything's cool so I gained a few pounds and unfortunately for me I didn't say yard work in my head when it came to my health and fitness and what is the result I turned into well, I turned into a heavier version of me I'm heavier than I would like to be right now I need to get back in shape and I made a promise to myself I said starting on August 4th between August 4th of this year and January 1st of this year I set a plan in place I said you're going to eat this way you're going to drink this way and you're going to work out this way and you're never going to stop yard work Every day you're going to get up and you're going to say, what do I got to do today? Damn it. That is good old fashioned yard work. That's going to make sure that my expensive plants are going to look and look good. There's going to be no weeds and my grass is going to look good. And my damn hedges are going to look good. What kind of yard work do I have to do today? Well, you got to drink more water. Yard work. You got to eat more vegetables. Yard work. You got to work out every day for a half an hour or work out four times a week for an hour. Yard work. And what's going to happen? You're going to look good. And you're going to feel good. Now, I know I sound like a like a TED talk right now or like <laughs> or I sound like, you know, one of those infomercials. The secret, you know, if you sit back and close your eyes and think in terms of all the things that you want, the universe will hand them to you. The universe ain't handing you shit. Hit your punk ass up and pick it up. <laughs> you know, because when I watch the, uh, the video that I'm referring to, and I'm not going to say the name of it. It was like my yard work alarm kept going on in my back of my head. Yard work, yard work, yard work, yard work. It's okay to visualize the stuff you want. Just to remind yourself, I, this is what I'm doing this hard work for. I visualized myself at uh, in my when I was in my 20s, and I remember what my body looked like and felt like then. I'm going to be the the whatever my the equivalent of that for my current age. The equivalent of that. I have that picture in my mind. Yard work, and I know yard work. That's what I got to do to get there. I got to drink more water. I got to make sure my diet is mostly vegetables, throw in some protein there. Maybe it'll be meat, maybe it'll be something else. Yard work, and I'll get back into that kind of shape. 
And just like my friend who now has a yard that looks good and now he takes his punk ass out there and gets out there uh, every few days and takes a look at his yard to make sure if there's anything missing, anything wrong, anything growing a little bit faster than there should be, anything that's not where it should be, he immediately jumps on his yard work and takes care of business. And now, no matter when you drive by his house, that yard is just absolutely rules. When I think about my friend who's doing sales, um, he's happy now. He's got a great wife, great kids. And I don't think he necessarily regrets um, the fact that his comedic career didn't go where it should have gone. I think maybe he thinks that, you know, he didn't really want to do that in the first place because there was really, I mean, because he's too smart of a guy to be that close to success and blow it up and just completely ignore the yard work that he was supposed to have done. But he's deliriously happy now with what he's doing. He's still the funny salesperson. You know, that's all he really wanted to be. Maybe he didn't want to be famous. But now he's doing his yard work and he makes a lot of sales. Yard work, make sure his wife is happy. Yard work and make sure his kids are happy. And they're wonderful kids, great wife, great family. And now that he's doing all the yard work, everything's working good for him. And I realized there is an area in my life where I need to do my yard work and it's I got to get back in shape. And the reason I'm telling you guys about it, because I know that if I put this out there, that between August 4th, 2015 and January 1st, 2016, if I say to myself, I need to get back in shape in that time period. And I say it to a whole bunch of people in a bunch of different countries, a.k.a. you bastards. I know I'm going to remember to do my yard work every day. (laughs) So let me ask you a question. You, is there something that you that you're doing that you know you could do better? And the only reason you're not doing better is because you're not doing the yard work that you know you need to be doing. Hmm? I know there is. There's something you're supposed to be doing that you need to do better at some part of your life that you need to work on. And it's messed up and it's messed up because you're not doing the yard work. Maybe your relationship sucks because you don't do the yard work. You don't call her or him enough. You don't bang them enough. You don't tell them they look good enough. You don't kiss them enough. You don't play with their butts enough. You don't walk by and touch their genitals and smile like, yeah, you, I'm going to do some good stuff for that later on. You don't do that enough. Maybe you don't do enough homework with your kids. You know, maybe you don't talk to your kids after yard work. You don't talk to your kids enough. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe all that stuff's great. Maybe your job sucks because there's somebody out the job who's better than you. And you just say, eh, that guy's number one instead of going yard work and busting your ass at the job, too. I don't know what it is. I don't know even know why I use those examples. But I'm guaranteeing you, unless your life is absolutely perfect. And who has a perfect life? Nobody. Yeah, it's something where you need to do some yard work to make it better. So I told you what mine is. I got to get back in shape. I mean, my podcast is going really well. I mean, fortunately for me, you guys are listening to it on a regular basis and listening to the old stuff too. bringing friends back, which I really, really appreciate. Thank you for doing that yard work for me. You know, I'm working on a new comedy show that I'm going to put out there and I'm making sure I do all of my yard work for that as well. But the area where I have not done the yard work that I should have done is my health and fitness. I mean, I'm not sick, but I'm not in the kind of you know, optimum health and optimum fitness that I need to be in that I want to be in. Not because I'm trying to attract some babes, but because I just want to feel good. And, well, I feel good, but I want to feel great. So I pledge into myself in front of a whole lot of people that I'm going to do my yard work. And when January first or second of 2016 rolls around i want to look at my yard and go yeah this yard needs to be on the cover of oh yeah damn this lawn rules right so is there any yard work you need to do sure there is if there is I want you to hear my voice every time you're supposed to be doing something to make something better that you know you need to be able that you know you need to make better. I want you to hear my voice go yard work because you know you need to do that yard work because if you don't do that yard work, your yard is going to absolutely suck. And I don't want none of my bastards having a yard that sucks. So get off the chair, you bastard, and get up and go out and do that yard work.
segment over. Let me ask you a question. You know, you ever, you ever just seen people where they kind of come into your life and mess everything up and nothing happens to them? It's like one of those bad sitcoms. You know, you watch those really bad sitcoms where the, where the spouse doesn't want to deal with the relative's family and the relatives come over and mess everything up and the house is damn they're on fire the kids aren't talking to each other the couple's on the brink of divorce you know what i'm saying the whole neighborhood hates each other and then these group of douchebags leave and all of us and nothing happens to them they walk away unscathed by the whole thing and your family is nothing but double scathed yeah i said it I've seen that. It actually happened to a neighbor of mine one time. I look across, you know, the court. Well, not a courtyard, but across the street. The street's kind of, it's not a narrow street. It's big enough for, you know, one. It's big enough for cars to pass each other, but you have to be careful about it. So, you know, you kind of see each other all the time. And you're watching this person's family show up on Thanksgiving. And the first thing you're thinking is somebody make sure that one of us is always carrying a phone with us because, you know, damn well, within the next three hours, we're going to have to call 911 on these bastards. And it only takes 20 minutes. We've all had that. You've had that and you know it. I've had it too. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen it before. When you know a person is coming into somebody's life, you know they're not going to do anything but mess everything up and walk away unscathed and leave that person triple scathed. Yeah, I said it. You've seen a guy when you're looking at the guy with the girl and you're looking at the girl and she's a sweetheart and you're looking at the guy and this guy couldn't be a bigger tub of crap. Not because he's a uh, he, I'm not, when you say when I say tub of crap, not, not the kind of guy that's going to hit her. I'm not talking about that guy because you can just put that guy in jail or her brothers and relatives can beat the crap out of the guy. I'm talking about a guy that, you know, is just a tub of crap. It's going to mess everything up, screw everything up, blow everything up, make everything thing horrible because that's what he does and he's good at it and you've seen the same thing with a guy you know the guy's a sweetheart of a guy and you see the girl that he's dating and you just look and you could just tell it's almost as if she has a hat on that only you can see but the guy can't see and there's a hat with an arrow and every time he moves from one side to the other the arrow changes position and points to him and there's text above the arrow and the text says I'm gonna fuck his life up and love every second of it and you know what I'm talking about some people come into your life, mess everything up, jack everything up, and they walk away unscathed, and they leave you triple scathed. Yeah, I said it. I've been in those relationships before. I was with a girl, and she was a sweetheart girl, and I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, this is the kind of girl I can build a life with. This is the kind of lady I can have a family with. This is the kind of lady I can grow old with, and it's going to be great. I can't wait. I am not ready to get married yet, but if I get married, it's going to be her, and I got to meet her family. And when you get to meet a whole bunch of a lady's family, you know, if you have a big family, every family, if you have a big family, hell, even if you have a small family, there's always that small percentage of your family. If you have a family that's normal, who's the biggest tubs of crap on the planet, right? Huge tubs of crap, huge tubs of crap. You the family shows up and nothing but flies are landing on them. Why? Because they're crap. Well, this was the exact opposite because I couldn't find anyone in her family who wasn't a huge tub of crap. I mean, every single one of them. Her mother was a huge tub of crap. Her father was a huge tub of crap. All of her siblings were huge tubs of crap. Their spouses were huge tubs of crap. Their kids were huge tubs of crap. Their kids' friends were huge tubs of crap. People that they were contemplating meeting were already huge tubs of crap. And she was the sweetest person in the world. But you sit there thinking you were raised in a household with these people by huge tubs of crap, raised with huge tubs of crap. Your friends are huge tubs of crap, the ones that are from your hometown. Every single one of these people is a huge tub of crap. And I'm wondering what's going on with you. 
you start to give her the side eye because you're wondering, hold it a second. If everybody you know and everybody you were raised with is a huge tub of crap, I'm starting to wonder if you're really a huge tub of crap, but you're just the best good at hiding your huge tub of crapness. All of a sudden, you're kind of looking at it with a side eye, kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. It's like when you go out with somebody and, you know, I remember I used to go out with girls. And then one of the first things they'd see out of their mouth was, have you ever cheated on anyone? And the answer to that question is, and honestly, no. If I want to jump on top of somebody, not to be indelicate about it, but if I'm getting it on with you, I'm cool. Okay, if the monster is getting fed I'm good. Yeah, I shouldn't have said it that way, but I'm good. If you're cool and we're having a fun time, I'm good. And if we're not having a fun time, I'm not going to cheat on you. I'm not going to be with you. I'm sure you'd rather have me just not be with you and break up with you in a gentlemanly way than getting it on with somebody else. So I would never do that. But when you say you never cheated, when someone says, I don't believe you, At first you think they're joking, but then you realize, wait a second, why are they so adamant about the fact that they couldn't even understand or even comprehend a human being being able to not cheat on someone else? And you start to look at them with the side eye. Wait a second, why are you so adamant about not believing that it's possible to not cheat? And then you ask them the question, have you ever cheated on anybody? Um, excuse me, a waitress? Oh, well, I asked you a question. Um, is, is this the one for us? Oh, so now you don't want to answer questions now. You look at that person with the side eye. Sometimes you ask a person if they cheat, and they go, oh, yeah, I cheated on my last four boyfriends. <laughs> and you're going, really, really? And you go, yeah. And you look at them with the side eye, because even though they're like the person before that wouldn't admit to cheating and just kind of try to get away from the subject, which means they, you know, they cheated and you can't trust them and you're giving them the side eye. And then this person just admits it. Yeah, I was banging everyone else on the side, but I'm not like that now. But you're still giving them the side eye. The side eye comes with it. It's like you went to the restaurant and ordered a side order of side eye. I like the T-bone steak. And now that she says she was getting it on with a whole bunch of people and cheated on her old boyfriends. And now she's out with me. I'd like to have. Would you like to have an order of side eye? I would like to have two orders of side eye because I want to give her both side eyes. Yeah, that's right. So we go back to the to the girlfriend with the piece of crap family. And I'm giving her the side eye the whole time because I'm going, there's no way in the world everybody in your family could be such a hunk of shit and you're not a hunk of shit. Now, this sweet angelic girl, you're looking at her a different way. Why? Because now you think it's all an act. And every time you see her, you're waiting for her to do something as evil as the jackasses in our family because you had them over at Thanksgiving or you went to their place at Thanksgiving and they're telling you stories of evil and you're going, why are these people so happy to be telling stories of evil and i got uh, and my wife you know she came home late one time and i, I said you know what screw that and i got her friend pregnant okay, okay, okay. yeah and i went to jail for drop kicking these three nuns okay, okay, okay. what the hell kind of family is this and she's looking at him smiling oh that's my family and i'm going how to you're not even embarrassed by these bastards i'm giving you i wish i had another eye so i could give you the triple side eye and you don't trust the bastard you're sitting there and you're watching her eat her Kung Pao chicken at the restaurant with you. But she won't even look away from her because you don't know, based on what you saw from her family, she might stab you in the neck with a fork. And you're just waiting for it. You go to sleep at night and she playfully puts the pillow over your face because she wakes up earlier and she's trying to wake you up for work and you're realizing, wait a second. Was she being playful, putting the pillow over my face, or is she as evil as a crazy ass family? Yeah, that's right. And you think weird stuff like that because why? Because you know there are people that come into your life, everything looks great. You wouldn't let them into your life if it didn't look good in the beginning. You wouldn't allow them into your life. You wouldn't allow them near you if you thought they were tubs of crap. She didn't seem like a tub of crap, but her family's a tub of crap. And now I'm looking at her like she's a potential tub of crap. She's a tub of crap time bomb that's about to blow up. It's like those movies where you don't know that there's a bomb behind a wall. The hero doesn't know there's a bomb behind a wall. Now, usually this is the beginning of the movie because something bad happens 
has to happen to the hero so we can overcome it. So this is the beginning of the relationship, a.k.a. the beginning of the movie. And I'm standing there in front of the wall and I'm the hero of this story. And that piece of crap time bomb's about to go off and she's about to turn into a huge tub of crap like the rest of her family. And you're wondering why they were so accepting of you. It's obvious that you're not a piece of crap. And then you're wondering, are they sitting there looking at you like you're a lamb being led to the slaughter? Like they know she's about to do something horrible to your punk ass. And they want to sit back and laugh as she does something horrible to your punk ass. Well, guess what? I was right. There was a huge tub of crap time bomb that went off. And three months later, after I met her tub of crap family, I found out that this little tub of crap was banging some guy on the side i'm so glad i wore a condom and didn't stick my face places i, I you know mm. I mean, I, I, the back of my mind it was something that said don't do nothing that requires bodily fluid switching because there's something missing i didn't realize what it was but i was right that's why i don't have any diseases as it turns out she didn't get any diseases either she was just hoeing around but let me tell you something right now. I The tub of crap time bomb blew up in my face. And I found out she was getting it on with other dudes. And I know somewhere her family's back there laughing. <laughs> you went out with that great guy who treated you good and gave you. <laughs> was he crying when he found out that you were drilling everyone else? Well, no, I wasn't crying. One, I'm not really a big crier. And two, I knew there was a bomb behind the wall. I knew that piece of crap time bomb was going to go off. But she was really hot and I wanted to keep having sex with her. So I did because, you know, I mean, she was hot anyway. Uh <laughs> So when the piece of crap time bomb goes off and blows up, I already had my protective clothing on. And even though the concussion of the bomb hit me and threw me around, I was protected. It hurt a little bit. You know, I mean, it's a bomb. Even if you put on protective clothing and protective gear and protective stuff, when a bomb goes off, it hurts a little bit. But it didn't kill me. I'm so sorry that you had to find out this way, you know, but it's like we were, I didn't realize how serious you were about me, even though the fact that we were dating seriously and you weren't seeing anyone else and you said to me that I'm the kind of woman that you wouldn't want to marry and that if we're still dating a year from now, we're, you're definitely going to marry me and you want to have children with me. I was not completely sure about the fact that you wanted to marry me, even though you've said it. And she was one of those people. One, I mean, I'm sure that that happened to a bunch of other dudes. And I'm sure it's not, it's not, like I said, it's not gender specific. I'm sure there's a, by the way, if you wonder what that rattling is, that's my headphones. My headphones almost fell out. Uh, off, rather. Um, I'm sure that there's other people that, uh, that do those, that, that uh, she did that to other dudes before she, she ran into me. You know? Because when we were, when we were having our breakup dinner, which included me, banging her a couple of more times um she was telling me i said listen we're, we're done but i really wanted to and it was really it was, it was really how weird it was as i said we're not going to see each other anymore i mean i mean after this dinner um we're never going to see each other again and she goes would you like to bang me a couple of more times and i said yes i would and so i banged her a few more times that evening but after we finished banging the first few times now that we realized that the relationship was over we we're just doing some uh, wrap-up banging she started telling me now we're just you know kind of buddies almost even though we were never going to see each other again after i left she was telling me all the stories about all the crap she did to other dudes. And she was telling me, you know, you really took it really well. And I go, we just had sex. Are you referring to that? She goes, no, no, not that. I'm talking about the fact that, you know, when you found out what I was doing, she was very matter of fact about the whole situation. She was actually complimenting me on the fact that I didn't become a stalker, that I didn't become violent, that I didn't say nasty things, that I, that I wasn't mean. She was complimenting me on that. She had actually been one of those people that went into people's lives, screwed it up. They walk away, double, triple, quadruple, quintuple scathed, and she goes away unscathed because nothing happened to her. And I was right. When I saw that her family was a bunch of pieces of shit, I realized there's a chance that she's a piece of secret shit, and she was a piece of secret shit. <laughs> So I was kind of prepared for the inevitable, but I wanted to keep having sex with her. 
So when it happened, I was ready for it. I didn't tell her that part about it because I like hearing the compliments and also I wanted to nail her a couple of more times before I left. But it's really weird. Isn't it real how there are people that just come into your life, maybe they even come into your house. You ever had somebody come into your house? They're a house guest. Your boys come over. They mess your house up. After the, they come to the party, they got, you got beer in your damn chair. And you know they would never do this at their house. For some reason, even though they know this is a friend's house, for some reason they still have it. They still treat it like it's the bar that they can leave and someone else has to sweep up. You know, they drop and pull up your couch cushions the next day after the UFC party and you got Doritos and nacho crap in the chair cushions you know you're wondering where that beer smell is and you realize somebody knocked a whole big vat of beer on the carpet and they walk back to their clean houses and your house looks like crap you got vomit in the damn washing machine well you're gonna wash anyway so if I vomited in the washing machine I figured the washing machine would just wash the vomit out <laughs> but that's what happens sometimes people come people show up become part of your life do all sorts of horrible things or unthinking things mess up your shiznit mess up your house mess everything up and then they walk away unscathed and they leave you triple scathed and that sucks now fortunately for me with that with that girl i didn't get scathed at all you know and the reason i say it is because I didn't allow the fact that she was doing the things that she did and behaving the way she behaved and was more like her family than I thought that than it seemed. I didn't hold that against the next women I dated, but I guarantee from what she said from the dudes that she went before that, that she dated before me and got in and on with before me. And at the same time as me, unfortunately, I know that those dudes were crossed. Some of those dudes didn't see it coming. Some of those dudes didn't have the radar up. Some of those dudes were like crying when she broke up with them or crying when they found out she was nailing another dudes or crying. And, <laughs> and she crushed them. She walked away unscathed and they were quintuple scathed. This was like when it's like the party at the house that I was talking about with the guy with the vomit in the washing machine. He tried to leave, tried, but unfortunately my hand was quick enough to catch the collar of his shirt, drag his punk ass back to the washing machine, point to some rags, point to some cleaning products and says, you got two choices. You can either clean that vomit out of the washing machine or I can put you in the washing machine and you can clean it from the inside. And he cleaned my washing machine. And I said to the other jackasses, you see what you did to my couch? That's going to cost a lot of money to get it clean, but it ain't going to cost me any money because your punk asses are going to cough it up. And they coughed it up. And I said, hey, jackass, you over there that spilled 18 gallons of beer on my carpet. You know how much it costs to get that carpet clean? And he saw what I see, saw the transaction between me and the jackasses who messed up my couch. And he immediately got his checkbook out and wrote me a check for what he assumed was the price. And he was actually pretty accurate. He actually gave me 20 more dollars than I needed. But I called him and said, I'm keeping the extra 20, jackass. So it was another situation where people tried to leave unscathed and leave me triple scathed. And I said, oh, hell no. I'm going to descathify myself, punks. So I descathifies myself by making those jackasses pay for my crap that they messed up. And I descathesized myself by making that jackass clean out my damn washing machine. And I descathesized myself by knowing that the other shoe was going to drop with that woman that I knew instinctively was as big a piece of crap as a punk ass family. And I nailed the crap out of her seven more times. And then I walked away unscathed just like she did. Happens all the time. People show up in your life and they mess up stuff and they walk away unscathed and they leave you quintuple scathed. Well, I'm telling you right now, damn it, the S-man, your Coco homie says, don't let anybody scathe you up. 
Yes, I'm making up a lot of words in this podcast, but you get the point. And I like to add words to languages. And you're going to be using those words at work and you know it. So stop lying because I've read your email and a lot of you use my phrases when you talk to people because I got that kind of juice, you bastards. Back to finishing this segment. (laughs) So what I'm saying is. When you have those people that show up and mess up everything and they try to leave unscathed and leave you quadruple scathed, screw that crap. Scathe the bastard up or make him or her de-scathe-size your ass before they go. Because there is no reason you should be all scathed the hell up and they walk away unscathed, damn it. I don't care if other people get scathed up, but if you're listening to this, you're one of my bastards, and I don't want none of my bastards to ever in their lives get scathed up. Damn it. Yeah, I said it. So don't let anybody do that crap, damn it, because the S machine loves you and doesn't want it happening to you. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Segment over. Well, folks, this has been episode number 174 of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast. And I want to thank you again and again and again. You guys have been really, really cool to me. I mean, just ridiculously cool to me. Thank you very, very much for the kind words. Thank you for the wonderful email. For the new people, the email is the Yes, Anthony Says podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, at S. Anthony Thomas. Follow the podcast Twitter at, at S. Anthony Says. Um, and of course, the Facebook group. I have a Facebook group for the S. Anthony Says podcast. If you're on Facebook, jump on that crap too. Uh, the show is on Stitcher Radio, it's on TuneIn Radio. I'm on iTunes, and obviously, iTunes is the big daddy. So if you love the show, uh, please give a five star review to the show. Tell everybody how much you love it. And uh, subscribe on iTunes or subscribe wherever you feel like subscribe. Whenever podcatcher you're listening to, make sure you subscribe to the show and give some good, uh, some good uh, comments and some good ratings because that really, really helps out. Much love to you all. Keep telling your friends. Keep bringing your friends and family back. All the new countries and the new folk that have been coming along in Great Britain and Canada. Um, thank you very much. All my new Australians, thank you very much. My Irish homies, thank you very much for, for listening to the show. Much love to everybody, and I will see you next week. I love every last one of you bastards. I really, really do. S. Anthony, out.